Well, what's on your heart today, Monsignor? Today, actually, Jesus is talking to us in this parable. And uh, it's, it's taken from the Gospel of St. Luke. And it's the 16th chapter. And I'll begin with the uh, 19th verse. There was a rich man who dressed in purple and fine linen and dined sumptuously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would gladly have eaten his fill from the scraps that fell from the table of the rich man. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by angels to the bosom of Abraham. And the rich man also died and was buried. And from the netherworld, where he was confined, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to tip the dip of his finger in water and come and quench my thirst, for I am in suffering and torment in these flames. Abraham replied, my child, remember that you received what was goodness during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are in torment. Moreover, between us and you is a great chasm, and it has been established to prevent anyone from crossing from your side to our side and from our side to yours. He said, then I beg you, Father Abraham, send Lazarus to my home where I have five brothers so that he may warn them and prevent them from coming into this torment. But Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said to Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said to them in reply, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they listen to someone, even if he should return from the dead, which is what Jesus did, and which is really what prevents us from really other than what is Moses and the prophets? It's the scriptures. And I am a perfect example of what 
you see, the, the, the rich man really, what was his problem? He never really saw the poor man. He never really saw Lazarus. I met Mother Teresa in, uh, in, in Beirut. And she was so magnificent uh, an awakener of, of seeing the poor and the poorest of the poor. I really believe that she was a magnificent gift for our time. We talked about her last night, and when I, when I just see her, saw that video again, that reminder, that, that love that she had, and the vision she had, she recognized her sisters and she herself had been called to vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience and wholehearted and free service to the poorest of the poor. And I remember after meeting her, I went in 19, 1988, I went to Calcutta, and she said, you know, I, I went there to give her sisters a retreat. She really uh, liked me, and I liked her, and I was very happy to be uh, associated with her and She's a, she eventually was the one in 1988 and 89 who directed me toward my, my future vocation to working with uh, seminarians and priests. But she, she said to me, you know, you have near you, she sent me to West Africa. She said, Calcutta is, is not the, the poorest uh, poor in the world. She said to me very personally, I want you to go and see West Africa, which is even poorer. And there, the people were being decimated by AIDS. Millions were dying. Not only were they poor, but there was an epidemic in West Africa. And she also said, 90 miles off the shore of the United States is Haiti. And Haiti is poorer than Calcutta. I want you to go there. I was giving a retreat in Calcutta. I think it was later in 1988. And uh, one of the sisters said to me, she said, I ha there's someone who's dying. And I would like you to go and minister her to the, la the last rites. So I had a full agenda, much as I have here. I have spiritual directees, I give talks, I have mass, hear confessions. But I said, yes, I would go. And I, there was a period of my lunch hour. And uh, I got the Blessed Sacrament, got the, uh, took my stole and my the oils for anointing. And I went with sister, and we walked maybe for about a mile, and it was right near near where uh, her convent was, into this ramshackle place. And really, there was there was not really huts; there were just little tin tin roofs over uh, uh, just dirt. And as I, I went into this one 
one little hut. There I saw, for the first time, I really saw Lazarus. Laying on the dirt was Regina. She had this dirty sheet, and it was just filthy dirty, laying on the ground. That was her bed. And she was dying of AIDS. She was skeletal. Her eyes were looking at me with such intensity. And I said to her, Regina, you're going to die. And I never saw such joy. What had this life meant to her? She was born in that dirt. She lived in that dirt. And she went to confession. One of the most beautiful, that she just, just went to confession. And everybody was standing around. She said, oh, I'm going to die. I'm going home. Her eyes were full of joy. And I, I couldn't stop her from just publicly confessing her sins. And I absolved her. And with sister, we knelt in the dirt. They, they had a superstition there that, that you really couldn't come near a dying person or else maybe you'd be the next one to die. So they were standing very, quite far away, her children and the family. And uh, I anointed her and said the rosary. And on that dirty, bloody, filthy sheet, she died. And I met Lazarus. I saw Lazarus. Have you ever met Lazarus? That really was the rich man's problem. He never really saw this man at his door. You know, when we grow up in, 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 in the privileged areas where we live, I really believe that if, if it weren't for Mother Teresa, I would not have been introduced. What was the problem? I had Moses and, and the prophets. I had the church to teach me. But we really need to have someone open our eyes so that we can really see the poor man in our midst. Every one of us this Lenten season is in the midst of a poor man or woman or child. Ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Lord. We have Moses and the prophets. This gospel, this teaching, what are you hearing each and every day from the pulpit? We are called to preach and to teach, to open our eyes to our poor brothers and sisters who are all around us. I thank God that I met Mother Teresa of Calcutta. And when I met her, she opened my eyes. Unless we have someone helping us see the poor, 
Lazarus was there all the time. The rich man was there. This story that Jesus tells us in Luke's gospel is being lived all around in, I believe, in many, many places, especially for those of us in the United States and for those of us in first world countries in Europe. Africa, when I went to South America, I know when I went into Lima, I know I went to various areas like Miraflores and and the various areas that I myself lived in. And if like if you hear this and and you're in you're in different places, they're right next to each other in Latin America. The poor, the extremely poor lived, those who were extremely rich. I think the same thing is true, and it opened my eyes. I, I, I had to go to South America to see the wealthy, wealthy hacendados and the rich live next door to those who were really Lazarus in their midst. And there, too, it was so hard for the rich to see the poor. There, too, it's very hard. What is that? that so insulates us to the Lazarus that are right at our doorstep. This message today is so important for every Christian to hear. Maybe the ones who are around us may not be physically or materially poor, but we are living everywhere in this world if we will open our eyes to Lazarus, who is right near us, each one of us who is called to be a Christian in this Lenten journey is called to reach out to the poor. I would really think it's so important. First of all, there were two kinds of poverty. The poor in spirit and the materially poor. St. Matthew, in his mandate, blessed are the poor in spirit. His inaugural address of Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. So we have a poverty of spirit. St. Luke says in his gospel of the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor the materially poor. Every one of us is really required to make an inventory of our gifts. How many of us not only have the necessities of life, but we have so many luxuries, while those around us do not even have the bare necessities? I think Lent is a time when every Christian should make an inventory. Are the things that I have, what about the clothes in my closet? What about the food that we have? How we can share that with our brothers and sisters? 
What about the goods that we have? Not even the scraps were being eaten by Lazarus, who was right there at the doorstep. How often do we reach out? And more and more today, there are people and families and children who are going hungry. If we would just simply open our eyes and all of us have goods and material that we can reach out and share with the poor. Pray and ask our Lord to open our eyes. The rich man did not see. And even in his suffering in the afterlife, and I really believe for us who are materially rich and we die, our Lord is not just telling a scare story here. That person is going to hell. That's what that story tells us. Or they're going to spend a lot of time in purgatory for those of us who believe. And what is the suffering in purgatory? It's a long anguish that we hear from the rich man in the suffering that he has in the afterlife. We in this life who have been materially gifted, and certainly I have, and as a preacher of the gospel, and this gospel warns us that if we aren't caring for the poor, we are going to suffer. If we do not share our goods here on earth with those who are our brothers and sisters, we are going to suffer. What did this man in purgatory or in hell really want Lazarus to do? Warn his brothers that were at home living the same kind of life that he did. What did Jesus say? They have Moses and the prophets. Who is Moses and the prophets? It's the gospels that we're preaching. He wanted someone to come back from the dead. Jesus did come back from the dead. And he is the one who is in our churches preaching to us every time we go to Mass. He is the one preaching to us every time we open the Bible. If we don't listen to these, who are we going to listen to? Because he did come back from the dead. And he is warning us, care for the poor. I thank God that I really thank God because my eyes were closed. And if I didn't have, I had, there was no example that I remember in my life. And I'm 86 years old. And I look back over all of my life, other than Mother Teresa. I know St. Francis did it 800 years ago, but when I would read about him, I didn't meet examples of people who really were reaching out in the way she did and her missionaries of charity. I saw living examples of those who would reach out to the poorest of the poor, and so it gave me an example. At least I know now 
that I hadn't been doing it. I thought I had, but I really hadn't. And there are many, many throughout the entire world in which we live that we can make a difference of life and death for them. They're all around us. The poor you will always have with you. Monsignor, do you think we have lost a sense of heaven here in the United States in particular? Because we're shooting for heaven here with all our temporal wants and desires, and we've lost a sense of what that forever is going to be. Chris, this story begins with death. It was when Lazarus died and when the rich man died. That's where the whole story is. The whole story is on the other side. And I really believe that that's really what we have lost. We have lost the sense of what we do here having its consequence of what happens there. Because I, I know so many good and holy people and and those of great means, and it it's difficult sometimes because they're so steeped in our particular culture that they don't see. I mean, they may attend Mass every day, They even. They may uh, participate in parish life. They may be going to prayer groups, and yet they continue to accumulate, 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 and and maybe give of their what they have left over. I mean, how much do we need to truly be happy? I, I, I don't mean to sound so generic and so stereotypical and all those kind of things, but I think we really are floundering in our particular culture and understanding what you're saying today. Very yes, yes, and uh, I I'm confessing that I too, before I met a woman like Mother Teresa, who opened my eyes to that world in which she had a focus. Um, like one of the, the great works that she did was to open the home for the dying. And what was the sense of, of sa saving and caring for the dying? She talked about this man who she met in the streets and his whole body was covered with worms. And, and her sisters, uh, and, and I've, I've met the sisters who do that. They lay in the streets. They're there for anyone who is going to see what happens. Their bodies are filled with these, this kind of uh, suffering, and we don't see them. We really don't see them. I remember opening uh, shelters for men and women here in Scranton. And that was all after I met Mother Teresa. You know, the, the biting of my conscience of caring for in my community who were the poorest of the poor. That was her message, that the poor and the poorest of the poor are in every community. And our work is to reach out to them. So I had a life. I did serve the poor before I met Mother Teresa. But she opened my eyes to really see what I hadn't seen before. And it was, uh, and again, I was doing this in the culture in which I lived. And I don't think I was really seeing it 
from the depth that you're talking about, and that is from the eternal perspective. Do you think it's because we fear our poor? It's easier for us to see a documentary and to give an envelope to someone in Africa who's in need, and right, and we should help them, or in South America, or in India, or, or those locations. But yet, to respond to those who are right here, it, we fear them. Very good. Yes, that is the key. That is the key to Lent, and that is the key to Jesus. Here, in our families, Mother always said, "Who is the poorest of the poor in your family?" Who is the poorest of the poor in your neighborhood? Who is the poorest of the poor in, in, in your parish? That's where, if we each would, when, when I really began to study and to look into this, what I really discovered was it's so much easier to mail an envelope and care for the, the, the African or to care for whatever was a, a foreign mission, but not what was really local. It was our local poor and our personal involvement. See, what happened with between the rich man and Lazarus, they never really met each other. The rich man never looked into the eyes and saw his brother. And the brother, the poor man, Never so the great divide occurred here, the division, and it was reflected very much in the life hereafter. And those five brothers, I really feel in this gospel, are telling the tale of so many of us who are living that same life and have to really depend on this message to open our eyes. Now, you may be listening to this in some place in Europe or South America or any place in the world, but this is really what the message is. You have the poorest of the poor right near you, and you're not seeing them. And it has eternal consequences. Final thought, Monsignor. Open my eyes, Lord. Help me to see your face. Open my eyes, Lord. Help me to see, because the poor man is there. Open my ears, Lord. Help me to hear your voice. Open my ears, Lord. Help me to hear. The poor man, the poor child, is your brother. It's Jesus. Open my heart, Lord. Help me to love you. Open my heart, Lord. Help me to love. This Lent, discover Jesus in the face of the poorest of the poor in your own family. God bless.